Hi listeners and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. Von Bodelli was in her late 30s living in Southern California. She was recently divorced when in 2009 she met Brian Brimager. She was head over heels over Brian, and she thought that she had found her Prince Charming and that they would live a beautiful life in Panama. But unfortunately, her fairy tale became a tragic horror story. This is the story of the murder of Ivan Baldelli and the ex-Marine that had no remorse of his crime. In September of 2011, Ivan and Brian made the decision to move from Dana Point, California to Boca del Toro, Panama. Yvonne had recently been laid off from her management job at Procter & Gamble, and Brian had recently retired from the Marine Corps after serving eight years. The two had dreams of moving to Panama and start over and make a new life for themselves. Yvonne bought two sewing machines before leaving in hopes to start a business in Panama. Yvonne wanted to make bathing suits and sell them to tourists. And Brian wanted to be a singer, and he was hoping that when they would arrive in Panama, that he would be able to book some gigs at local bars and restaurants. With two sewing machines in hand, a white Sony Vile laptop, and her dog named Georgia May, Yvonne was ready for paradise with what she thought was her Prince Charming. Upon arriving at the island of Carnero, they rented a hostel that was a few feet away from the water and only a few feet away from the jungle as well. Wow, it really sounds like they're starting a new promising life for themselves, really living the dream. When they arrive to Panama and start their new life there, Ivana is in constant communication with her family, in particular her older sister Michelle Valenzuela. Between emails, phone calls, and pictures that Yvonne sends to her family, Yvonne paints this amazing life with Brian. In an email that Yvonne wrote to her sister Michelle, she tells Michelle that Brian has already gotten a job singing at some of the local bars, and she makes it seem that everything's perfect, like how she thought it would be. Yvonne looked so happy in the pictures that she was sending home that Yvonne's parents and family thought that Yvonne and Brian would get engaged and then marry soon after. But the stories that the locals told about this loving couple was the opposite of a picture-perfect relationship. The room that they had rented from the hostel was next to the manager's room, and the manager would describe experiences of hearing them argue often and things getting tossed around. The manager even said that one time she could hear what she thought was Brian slamming Yvonne up against the wall. The manager had even recalled one incident where Yvonne had knocked at the manager's door asking to see if she could unlock the door with her key because Brian had locked Yvonne out of the apartment. Okay, so that's sounding far from a good life. More so abusive than anything Right, mm-hmm. Brian had gotten a job at the Cosmic Crab which was a waterfront bar and restaurant. Brian would play there a couple of nights a week and the restaurant owners would allow him to play and in return, Brian and Yvonne got to eat at the restaurant for free. Brian would also play for food and alcohol at another waterfront restaurant and that owner said that he thought that the couple was happy 
but that they usually drank a lot so that everyone was usually happy since they were drinking. So even though some people had this perception of Yvonne and Brian as happy in love couple, others would say that Brian was someone that they did not want to be hanging around with because of his bad temper. It had also been reported that a few weeks before Yvonne went missing, some of the locals had seen her at the bar and they described her as having bruising around her arms, swelling on her cheekbone, and having a black eye. Yvonne's family didn't get to witness this or hear about Brian's bad temper since she always painted a pretty picture for them. So they had no idea that they needed to worry about Yvonne. That is, until November of 2011, when Michelle became concerned as Yvonne's emails and phone calls became less and less frequent until eventually they stopped hearing from Yvonne. That must be really difficult for them to deal with since Michelle is so far away from Yvonne. Mm -hmm. You know, like literally a whole nother country. Yeah. And they don't really have a clue what's really going on besides the pictures, obviously. Right. Then on December 14th, 2011, Michelle receives a text message from a number that she doesn't recognize. And this text message reads, It's Brian. May I make arrangements to pick up my truck? Instantly, Michelle dials the phone number, knowing that something is not right. The first thing she says when Brian picks up the phone is, Where is my sister? Brian replies back, asking if Michelle had gotten his email. He had emailed Michelle, stating that he and Yvonne were no longer together and that he needed to make arrangements to pick up his truck at Michelle's house. Michelle right away asked Brian what happened, that she hadn't heard or talked to her sister in a few weeks, and that she was worried. Brian tells Michelle that Yvonne and him had gotten into a fight because Yvonne had found out that he had a daughter. Wait, Brian had a daughter? Yeah, so apparently Brian had a love child in 2010 with an old girlfriend named Kristen Werkhoven. And if you remember, Brian and Yvonne started dating in 2009. Oh. Yeah. Not what I expected at all. Mm-hmm. So Michelle asked Brian if her sister had left a note or if he had talked to Yvonne since they broke up because it's now mid-December and she hadn't heard from Yvonne. Brian tells her that he hasn't seen Yvonne or talked to her. Michelle's still worried about her sister, so she decides to check her emails. And that's when she realized that she had overlooked an email from Yvonne. The email from Yvonne read, Hi sis, just an update. Brian and I are no longer together. I should have trusted my instincts that he is a lion cheating. You know what? I'm <laughs> headed to Costa Rica with the man I met when I first got to Bocas. Wait, but why would she send that through email? Why not a call or text? That whole thing sounds really odd, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Three weeks after Michelle had gotten the email from Yvonne, letting her know that she and Brian were no longer together and that she had run off to Costa Rica with a new guy, Michelle receives another email from Yvonne. And this email says, Miss you and everyone at home. I'm starting to get a little homesick. I'm working on plans to get home as early as the second week of January. I've been living with cliffhangers for a while. Love you guys, Yvonne. Again, an email. That seems so odd. But at the same time, maybe that might have given her comfort. 
that she's coming back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though this doesn't make sense to Michelle, she's comforted by the email from Yvonne because she knows that they're having this family gathering in January. And she hopes that Yvonne will be there. Mm-hmm. The same day that Michelle gets this email from Yvonne, Brian comes knocking at her door to pick up his truck. And once he picks up his truck from Michelle's house, all the emails from Yvonne stop. Michelle's still worried about her younger sister, and she emails Yvonne on January 6, 2012. In the subject of the email, Michelle writes, worried. Michelle writes, I just want to make sure you weren't kidnapped or someone pretending to be you. Ha ha ha. There's my paranoid, suspicious mind, or maybe too many 48 hours. She wrote to Yvonne. But to Michelle's horror, there is never a reply back from Yvonne. And that's the last email that she ever sent to her sister. Michelle and Yvonne's parents are worried and they are now starting to fear that something happened to Yvonne and that she might not be in Costa Rica. They start to suspect that she never even left Panama. That's awful. First, there's less communication and more limited and occasional email. And now nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you supposed to do? Right. And, you know, with their daughter being so far away from home, you know, I I don't know. I'm sure they were very worried. Yeah. And what do you even do in that situation? Yeah. So concerned about her sister, Michelle reaches out to a cousin of hers that's pretty good with technology. And she explains that something must have happened to Yvonne and that she never left Panama. So she asked the cousin if he can see if the emails came from Costa Rica or Panama. The cousin gets to work and he makes a horrifying discovery. Oh man, so he was able to find it. Well, the cousin discovers that the first few emails from Yvonne are from Panama. But then the other emails that were supposed to be coming from Costa Rica, well, they aren't coming from Costa Rica. Instead, those emails are coming from the United States. The emails seem to be coming from Dana Point. What? Where's Michelle located, though? She's in Los Angeles. So after Michelle gets this information from her cousin, she takes this to the FBI for them to investigate. Because now she's sure that something horrible happened to her sister. And she's certain that Brian had something to do with it. The FBI starts to investigate what happened to Yvonne and while the FBI is investigating Yvonne's parents call the embassy to see if there is any record of Yvonne leaving Panama and going to Costa Rica however the embassy tells them that there's no record of Yvonne ever leaving Panama no way yeah so while everyone is trying to piece together what happened to Yvonne can you guess what they discover no what They discovered that two weeks after Brian returned back to California, Brian got married to Kristen, the mother of his daughter. Just two weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. That's not making any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes you think that they were never apart in the first place. Right. So with Brian getting married two weeks after returning from Panama, the FBI starts to look into Brian. When two FBI agents show up at the home that he shares with his now wife and daughter, They ask Brian if they can ask him some questions about Yvonne. Brian says yes and invites them into his home. Brian tells the FBI the same thing that he told Michelle. Brian told the FBI that Yvonne had found out that he had a child back in California. Brian tells them that they got into a fight and that Yvonne left him for another man. 
But when the FBI agents are sitting at his house questioning him, guess what they notice? What do they notice? They notice a white Sony file. Wait, that's Yvonne's laptop, right? Yep. Yeah, the FBI agent saw Yvonne's laptop in his house. So while all this is happening here in California, Yvonne's family has now gone to Panama to look for Yvonne. They held a press conference announcing that they are looking for her and they start searching the area. Locals start coming forward with information about the abuse they had seen and witnessed. Yvonne's family discovered that the last time they saw Brian and Yvonne together was on November 26, 2011. And that's when they described seeing her with bruises on her arm and a black eye. While the FBI is conducting the investigation, they find that Brian had posted a machete up for sale online. And they came across a chilling comment made by Brian that said, Only used once to dismember a stripper. Hardly used. Smiley face. Who says that? Mm-hmm. That's just so wrong. And who resells a machete? machete. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So FBI knew that they needed to get a hold of this machete. And amazingly enough, they find the person that purchased the machete. And they find that under the handle of the blade, there's blood. And when they test the blood, they find out that it's a Vaughn's blood. Wow. Yeah. And that's all they needed to arrest Brian. So after Brian is arrested, you would think, you know, well, they have my machete and, you know, they found Yvonne's blood on it. I'm guilty, right? Right. Well, no. Brian says that he's innocent. He sticks to the story. Yep. He doesn't confess to the murder of Yvonne. That is until August of 2013. When Yvonne's remains were discovered in Panama inside a military-style duffel bag. After her remains are found, Brian knows that he can't lie his way out of this one. And he changes his plea from not guilty to guilty. Wow. That's almost two years later. Mm-hmm. The duffel bag was found in a swamp close to the apartment that they had rented. On one side of the apartment was the ocean, and on the other side was a hellish swampland. So, Brian confesses that on November 27, 2011, he stabbed Yvonne in the back, then used the machete to dismember her body, in which he then put her dismembered body in a military duffel bag, and then dumped the bag in the swamp. So while all this is going on and the family is dealing, you know, with having to find Yvonne and trying to figure out what happened to their daughter, another tragedy striked with this family around Yvonne's sister, Michelle. You're kidding. Now what? So while all this is going on, Michelle was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer that had escalated very quickly. Michelle bravely gave her disposition just days before passing away. Wow, she actually passed away? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, yeah. it seemed like Michelle was Yvonne's biggest advocate. Yeah, she was. And she, I mean, she fought until the very end. I saw this documentary on 48 Hours where they show her and they show a picture of Michelle in the very beginning when, um, you know, her sister went missing up until the very end when she went to court. 
And there was just, there was a huge difference. It was so sad to see. But, you know, she was, she was a tough cookie. I mean, she fought for her sister until the very end, you know. Um, and I, yeah, we're talking about almost two years later afterwards, and she did not get, seem to give up at all. No, she didn't. And I read on an article that after she gave her disposition, she she even passed out. She was just so weak at that time, but nothing was going to stop her from trying to put Brian away for good. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Well, can you imagine the poor parents? Yeah. I mean, they lost their daughter just... And a year and a half, almost two years later, they use, they lose her other daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it must have been horrible for Yvonne's parents to even hear, like, it, you know, Yvonne disappeared and it's like, okay, Brian killed her. But it wasn't like, oh, he just strangled her to death. It was, no, he stabbed her and then dismembered her body. So he cut her up, shoved her in a duffel bag and threw her in the swamp. Okay. And you then know? had the nerve to make a stupid joke right about the machete mm-hmm. like, and then not only person. that but still it gave the family some sort of hope of oh i'm still alive by emailing the family pretending to be yvonne right when he had knew exactly what yeah. happened you know that's horrible so whatever happened to yvonne's dog oh so i also read an article that This guy is just the best. After he got rid of Yvonne and Yvonne's body, he obviously knew locals and everybody knew how much Yvonne loved this dog. So he knew he had to get rid of it. So he killed the poor puppy too. Got rid of it. Because, yeah, it's true. If he would have kept it, then... Yeah, or if he would have let it loose, you know, they would have known. This is The locals would have known this is Yvonne's dog, where's Yvonne, you know. Yeah, she wouldn't have gone to Costa Rica without the dog. Yeah, this guy's the best. I also read that he threw away, like, all of her jewelry, clothes, all of it, except for her ATM card. They actually have footage of him in Panama, you seen oh no it wasn't in panama sorry i believe it was it was when he was coming back to california somewhere along the way there was like a layover and he was taking out money from her atm i mean this guy just wants to get caught (laughs) right i mean you know it took a lot that that one thing about identifying where the email came from i'm assuming Mm -hmm. based on ip address Mm -hmm. that was a huge break in trying to figure out and that was was just the cousin that wasn't even like like yeah (laughs) i need a cousin like that Oh, I can solve so many mysteries. I mean, that again goes to Michelle's, you know, vigor to keep on trying yeah. to solve or what's going on yes. with her sister and not believing mm-hmm. these emails. Right. So, Brian was sentenced. And I wish I can tell you that Brian was sentenced to life in prison or that he got the death penalty, but he didn't. Brian was sentenced to 26 years in federal prison. 26. 26. So he won't be released until February of 2037. That is, just doesn't seem right. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I said, this guy was like, you know, giving false hope to the family, even though deep down the family knew something wasn't right, you know? And again, he dismembered her body. Like, it and dragged it along and then the poor puppy the puppy was so innocent (laughs) but um that's that's 
I'm in shock. Yeah. With you. Yeah. No. Me too. Me too. I couldn't believe it when I saw that it was only 26 years. Like, but um, I do have a fun fact for you. Oh, what do you got? Okay. So fun fact: the hostel where Yvonne and Brian stayed is the same hostel that serial killer Wild Bill stayed at. What? Yeah. <laughs> so just how Brian used Yvonne's email to try and make it seem like she was still alive. Well, here's the little creepy part. Wild Bill also was known to use his victims' online identities to communicate with the family so that authorities wouldn't be alerted. Do you think that was done on purpose? I'm sure you don't have no clue. How, how could you? But that seems... What do you mean on purpose? Like Wild Bill's... No, Spirit that... possessed Brian? No. That's what I thought too. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Not oh. what I was thinking at all. Oh, sorry. Let me put away my tinfoil hat. <laughs> Meaning um, Brian maybe knew about this guy. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, there is. Wow, what a that's, coincidence. Mm-hmm, that's the fun fact. Oh, man. I thought Panama was a nice place. It seemed like it from the pictures. Well, I mean, it is. It's a nice place. Panama has nothing. Don't you dare put Panama... At fault of this, this is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll leave it at that hostel. <laughs> so, as promised, every week I like to bring you an open case from the San Diego Crime Stoppers. And this week, San Diego County Crime Stoppers and investigators from the San Diego Police Department Homicide Unit are asking for the public's help in locating Michael Anderson who has been identified as a suspect responsible for the murder of 21-year-old Timothy Stewart. On March 16, 2020, at about 6.30 p.m., the San Diego Police Department Communications Center received a 911 call regarding an injured male who had been transported to Paradise Valley Hospital. The victim later identified as Timothy Stewart has sustained apparent trauma to his upper body and was transported to another hospital for medical treatment. Unfortunately, Stewart succumbed to his injuries. Officers learned Stewart's injuries were related to an earlier incident which occurred along the 500 block of Logan Avenue. San Diego Police homicide detectives were called to the scene to investigate the incident. Detectives have identified 35-year-old Michael Anderson as a suspect in this case. Michael Anderson is a black male, date of birth, November 26, 1984. He's 35 years old, 6 feet tall, weighs 190 pounds, has black hair and brown eyes. Michael, Michael Anderson is considered to be armed and dangerous. Anyone with information on the location of Michael Anderson is asked to call the San Diego Police Department Homicide Unit or contact your local Crime Stoppers anonymous tip line at 888-580-8477. And Crime Stoppers is offering a $1,000 reward to anyone with information that leads to the arrest in this case. And remember that you will remain anonymous whenever you report anything through the Crime Stoppers anonymous tip line. Just remember that only you can make a difference and you can help bring this family closure. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at podcast truecrimeweekly. 
And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.